Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mula po sa Quezon City, ako si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. The Philippines, as you know, is hosting the 30th SEA Games for just the second time in 14 years. While excitement is building, it stumbled out of the blocks. You've seen the social media posts from Filipino as well as foreign delegates, athletes and coaches, and even international media complaining of confusion, poor incomplete venues, non-halal food, and so on. The good news is that the games do look to be rounding into much better form just before the official opening ceremonies. Spanking new facilities for track and field, swimming, gymnastics, including a refurbished Rizal Coliseum in Manila, are also taking some well-deserved props in the spotlight. But even Malacanang, while urging Filipinos to embrace and make the most of the moment, already has an eye towards the day after the Games. The head of the organizing committee, House Speaker Alan Peter Cayetano, has been compelled to acknowledge the rough start and to apologize. But here is the president's spokesman, Salvador Panelo, speaking last Thursday. From what I know, the good senator Christopher Bongo will initiate an investigation, apology is not enough. Oh, they, they take it from there. I'll there is no it. sacred cow in this government. We've been repeatedly saying that. Speaker Cayetano, as we said, heads a specially formed foundation that has taken on the task of organizing everything. To the point, critics now say, of initially shunning help from many government agencies. The Senate, too, wants to investigate how Cayetano ended up running the show and apparently biting off more than he could chew. The Philippine Southeast Asian Games Organizing Committee, or FISGO, also faces questions of conflict of interest and alleged corruption. Cayetano denies any irregularities and says he will willingly face any probe, but for now he implores Let's just do the best we can to be proud of the games we are hosting. But how did we get to this point? The host of Go Hard Girls podcast, Siege Tantenko, tells us more. All right. So it is our fourth time hosting the SEA Games. So this is something that the country has been watching. Expect to see a lot of news about our athletes. After we confirmed that we were going to host it in 2015, After the Marawi siege happened, President Duterte said that after the Marawi siege, wag na tayo mag-host ng SEA Games when there are more pressing needs like the rehabilitation of Marawi. Pero later on, nag-confirm ulit tayo. Sige, balik tayo kasi the argument that our politicians gave was this is going to be good for raising the profile of the Philippines. Alan Peter Cayetano is claiming that the FISGOC is necessary because the PSC and our Philippine Olympic Committee, or POC, are not capable 
of bidding out contracts by themselves. Pero since then, nagsabi na naman yung PSC and POC na kaya nilang mag-work together to actually handle a lot of the FISGOC functions. So the FISGOC is registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission as a non-stock non-profit corporation in June 2018. So at the time, Cayetano was still the foreign secretary. So it raises some eyebrows. Why the raised eyebrows? So after Alan Peter Cayetano resigned, there were reports that the Fiscock Foundation had entered into a bit of a sketchy deals, including overpriced uniforms, training gears, and Shepard denied si Alan Peter Cayetano. So he denied the allegations and said that creating an organizing committee to host an internationals is in line with the Olympic Charter. You know, Duterte was quoted as saying that the government should lead and handle the hosting of the SEA Games. Ayo naman i-confirm ni Sal Panelo, FISGOC is still managing the Games. The budget for our SEA Games is coming from the DBM Procurement Service and then followed by the FISGOC. And then Philippine Sports Commission also threw in some money and then a joint PSC and POC funding While the talk of the town these days has been all the irregularities with our SEA Games, let's not also lose sight of the athletes who've been working very hard. If anyone is going to come out a hero in this story, it has to be them. So some of the athletes that we want to watch out for, there's Heidelin Diaz in weightlifting. We are also expected to sweep uh, softball. In our men's basketball, in particular, Kiefer Ravenna is going for his fifth consecutive SEA Games gold medal. Maraming salamat, Siege Tantenko. Thank you, Ravi. Again, I'm Siege Tantenko of Go Hard Girls. Please support our Filipino athletes in their quest to bring honor to our country. Meanwhile, uh, while organizers were trying to stabilize the running of the Southeast Asian Games, President Rodrigo Duterte fired opposition leader and Vice President Lenny Robredo as co-chair of the Interagency Committee on Anti-Illegal Drugs. Palace spokesman Sal Panelo again. The Vice President has performed many missteps. Instead of performing her task as co-chair, she opted to talk with foreign nationals foreign institutions like the U.S. and the United Nations, as well as other personalities who have prejudged already the program of the government against illegal drugs. More than two weeks have elapsed. She has not presented any scheme or program by which she can implement. The president sacked Robredo over supposed trust issues. The vice president had requested access to the government's list of high-value targets. When law enforcement agencies balked, the president chimed in with a warning and reminder to Robredo to keep classified information safe, especially from foreign entities. After getting fired from ICAD, Robredo wondered aloud about the supposed resistance to share information with her. Ang okay. una kong tinanong sa kanila ay, handa na ba kayo sa akin? Ngayon, ang tanong ko, ano bang kinatatakutan ninyo? Kung sa tingin nila, matatapos ito dito, hindi nila ako kilala. Nagsisimula pa lamang. Now, Robredo says she will release to the public a report of what she had 
uncovered during her very brief stint as ICAD co-chair. Philippine Drug Enforcement Agency Chief Aaron Aquino said the agency has nothing to hide and he even encouraged Robredo to reveal her supposed discoveries. Now let's get back to sports. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Ay, teka, economics naman pala. Pero bakbakan din to. Our favorite economists, J.C. Punong Bayan and Mayan Vital of the Usapang Econ podcast, recently went toe-to-toe on one of the most contentious economics topics in the Philippines. That's right, Usapang Econ das Usapang Endo, or end-of-contract schemes. What are the arguments for either side of Endo? Because there are pros and cons. If you still have not been following the Usapang Econ podcast, Here's a taste of the exchange between JC and Mayan. Kamakailan kasi ay binito ni Pangulong Duterte ang anti-endo bill. Extremely divisive ang bill na ito, di ba? Bagamat para sa mga manggagawa, maganda sanang wakasan ng endo, sinasabi rin naman na maari itong makasama sa mga negosyo. Alam mo JC, yung endo, it actually makes economic sense. Kasi naman, it helps bring efficiency to the production of firms. For example, real estate developer ako, It makes more sense for me to outsource the construction of buildings or houses to a firm rather than employees full-time. Kasi naman, kailangan ko lang naman yung mga workers na ito given a fixed set of time. It would be extremely costly for me to pay for those benefits and salaries when I don't need them. Pero bagamat nakatipid na ang mga negosyo sa paggamit ng 555 contracts, Huwag nating kalimutan na nanggagaling ito sa loophole ng batas at nagdudulot sa panalamang na mga manggagawa. Kakasimula ko pa lang sa trabaho, kailangan ko na maghanap ng panibagong trabaho kasi alam kong hindi ako magiging regular. Sa totoo lang, itong endo ay pag-atake sa seguridad ng trabaho ng maraming manggagawa sa Pilipinas. Listen to the latest episode of Usapang Econ out now also on the Puma Podcast channel on any of your podcasting platforms. The Department of Interior and Local Government launched a China-made surveillance system in five pilot cities in Metro Manila last week. The Safe Philippines Project uses facial and license plate recognition technology for crime prevention. The DILG signed agreements with Marikina, Paranaque, Pasig, San Juan, and Valenzuela. Now, some people are feeling uneasy. The Senate has called for an investigation. The surveillance system will be coming from China. State-owned China International Telecommunication Construction Corp. will install an initial 12,000 surveillance cameras all around the metropolis. Some sectors say this could pose national security risks. Privacy advocates are also concerned about facial recognition systems that could encroach on citizens' rights. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Global greenhouse gas emissions have reached an all-time high in recent years. Research by the Global Carbon Project estimates CO2 emissions in 2018 reached 37.1 billion tons. The rise is due to the growing number of cars on the roads and a so-called renaissance of cold use. This means the world would have to cut emissions by half by the year 2030 and reach net zero emissions by 2050. It may seem like an enormous task, but at least one crucial person in the United Nations remains optimistic. At the UN Climate Summit in New York, UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres said a stunning rise in the youth climate movement gives him hope. There was Always, in the last uh, few years since I started, clearly this perspective, there is a climate urgency, things are getting worse. The worst forecasts that were made are being proven wrong, not because they were too dramatic, but because they were not enough dramatic in relation to the reality. And at the same time, there was a sense of apathy. It was very difficult to put these things on the table, and it was very difficult to make decision-makers assume the need to act. And all of a sudden, I started to feel that there was momentum that was gaining, and this was largely due to the youth movement that started a fantastic, very dynamic impulse around the world. For the first time, the youth took center stage at the UN Climate Summit last September. Around the world, young people are taking to the streets to strike against government inaction on climate change. My generation has largely failed until now to preserve both justice in the world and to preserve the planet. I have granddaughters. I want my granddaughters to live in a livable planet My generation has a huge responsibility. It is your generation that must make us be accountable to make sure that we don't betray the future of humankind. In Hong Kong, pro-democracy candidates scored a landslide win in district elections. Last week's elections had to do with relatively low-rung and traditionally non-political posts, but the exercise was widely seen as a barometer of public sentiment after months of protests. Almost 90% of more than 450 district council seats were won by candidates identified with protesters and an anti-Beijing movement. District Council winner Kelvin Lam said Hong Kong voters sent a clear message. I think the Hong Kong people have clearly spoken that they are not happy with how they deal with the protests so far, particularly in the last five months. And police brutality is actually over the top. And I think that the Hong Kong people should really, really leverage on this uh, result uh, to ask for more democracy in the future. Beijing has not commented. Hong Kong Chief Executive Carrie Lam says her government will seriously reflect on the results. 
the nature of these uh, elections is simply to elect district council members to serve on the 18 district councils. I do confess that this particular district council election has a more political dimension to it. We were aware of the large number of voters coming out to cast a vote, perhaps not only to select a preferred candidate to sit on the district council, but also to express a view on many issues in society, including deficiencies in governance, unhappiness with the um, time taken to deal with the current unstable environment, and of course to end violence. So um, I said that we will seriously reflect on these views expressed to us and improve um, governance in the future of our work. The inventor of the World Wide Web, Tim Berners-Lee, has gotten into the fray of what he says is a global fight to save the internet from political manipulation and fake news. The contract for the web outlines nine principles to safeguard the web divided amongst the government, companies, and individuals. And the idea is that everybody is responsible going forward for trying to make the web a better web in different ways. We need to make sure that for the people who are connected to the web, that it's the web they want, it's the web that allows them to produce the world they want, and fix a lot of the huge number of things, issues we have with the existing web. At the same time, we have an obligation to help the others get online. The document has been in the works for more than a year and has been backed by more than 150 organizations, including Microsoft, Twitter, Google, and Facebook. Among other things, the contract for the web wants governments to ensure that no one is barred from accessing the Internet, which, by the way, they say, should be made affordable. At the same time, privacy of users should be protected, encouraged, and enabled with simpler yet more powerful systems. Meanwhile, companies and individuals are called on to actively fight misinformation and toxic trolling and attacks. But getting countries on board the web contract is proving to be an enormous task, as governments also raise questions about the unintended consequences regulation of platforms might have on everything from e-commerce to free expression. For example, some are arguing against the idea of giving a platform like, say, Facebook, the power to filter what is online or even on its own platform as this could lead to abuses and could possibly hold back political speech and even the freedom and independence of media. All this while others point out that the breakneck gaming of social media has also enabled hate speech and fake news. So what do you think? For me, no. Ang mangyayari dapat is yung responsible na paggamit ng Facebook. Kasi kung ito totally i-regulate mo siya, Wala siyang pinagkaiba sa pag-curtail ng free speech. Mm-hmm. Okay lang po sa akin. Lalo na yung, mga, yung sa mga hate speech against Muslims, sa mga ganun po. So, mas okay siya if regulated siya. Facebook has its own community standards and they've made that public naman. Pero kasi kahit na aggressive sila, ngayon compared to before. Yung algorithms nila are not enough to detect 
bullying and hate speech and harassment. So until now, they still have to figure out how they can better monitor the content. Before we let you go, here's something we are excited to tell you about. This week, former Foreign Affairs Secretary Delia Albert launched a book, Women in Diplomacy, which features the reflections of 39 women ambassadors of the Philippines. The Philippines, in fact, has had no less than 90 women ambassadors. That's by far a record among Asian states. While Albert, the first Filipina to hold the post of Foreign Secretary, wants to highlight the unique challenges and perspectives of women rising in the diplomatic corps, she also hopes that the book would simply demystify the art and politics of diplomacy and raise appreciation for the profession. We just want to make our women feel that they can reach the top in the ladder and to encourage young women to serve the country in a special profession called diplomacy. Ambassador Luis Cruz was there at the launch and he had this to say about the book. It is the first building block that could generate further research on gender issues. And we expect that this will lead to further reforms in the Philippine Foreign Service. Also on hand were Ambassador Laura del Rosario and Ambassador Minda Calagian Cruz, who shared their reflections on the challenges that women in diplomacy face. Ambassador del Rosario, for one, underscored one indisputable handicap unique to women in diplomacy. We had one disadvantage, we had no wives. Nobody to take care of our dinners, nobody to take care of the social things that we had to do. Ambassador Caligian Cruz adds, People think of diplomacy as glum, glitz, but they forget to see the Filipinos working overseas who get separated from their families. It was where the test of our humanity came in. How much do you love your people and how much will you really do to protect their interests? Delia Albert says she was asked by a male colleague why she did not write about the men as well. Her response... I said, I don't know what's going in your mind, but if you want to write about yourselves, feel free. <laughs> At yan po ang mga headline na Puma Podcast. If you are one of the few thousands now making us part of your daily or weekly routine, maraming salamat po. But please do tell your friends and leave us a rating or a review on your podcasting platform. Malaking bagay na sa atin yan. You can also email us at pumapodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to Puma Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Maraming salamat po! ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.